Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Go Ask Your Father, the podcast for dads, by dads, and about dads. Before we get started, if you could go ahead and give our Facebook and Instagram pages a like at Go Ask Your Father Podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. That way you can stay up to date with discussions of the podcast, dad jokes, and more importantly, you can where you can listen to the podcast. Now, let's get on with today's show. As we have gone over the last several weeks, we are now neck deep in our bracket challenge, where in a little over a week, we'll be crowning the Go Ask Your Father's greatest TV dad of all time. We have three dads in the final four so far, and if you haven't listened to those episodes yet, then spoiler alert, I'll give you a couple seconds, because you're about to hear their names. Bob Belcher came out of the cartoons and sci-fi bracket. Howard Cunningham will be representing the 60s and 70s. And last week, Jack Pearson from This Is Us swept his way straight through his bracket into making it to the Final Four. Today, we hand out the last placement for the Final Four, what I consider the hardest bracket to narrow down. We're going to be diving into what is considered the golden age of sitcoms, where the dads hand out lessons and advice on a weekly basis. And we truly see some of the greatest moments in TV history. But before we get a chance to do that, we need to meet our panelists who will be slimming down our list of TV dads till only one is left standing. Up first, he's worn many hats on this show, but he has yet to be a panelist, and he's chomping at the bit to be one of the men to decide this bracket's fate. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Mr. Dave Freeman. What's going on, Dave? Thank you. So happy to be back. And yes, like you said, chomping at the bit, ready to have my opinion heard on some dads let's go there you go thank you mr freeman i appreciate it next you met him on our bracket preview show he's a soccer coach a teacher and has an excellent collection of bow ties it's garrett gregory what well, welcome back garrett thank you very much for letting me join you guys in this uh, tomfoolery it is going to be much tomfoolery good sir and finally making his go ask your father debut a man who is near and dear to my heart, mostly because I've known him for entirely too long. The man who really needs no introduction at all. It's my older brother. It's J.J. Donnelly. What's going on, J.J.? Oh, well, thank you so much for being strong on me with this jackassery. So excited to be here. Well, Nothing we... I'd rather do on a Tuesday. <laughs> well, there you go. My brother will tell it like it is, whether we want him to or not. Now that our panelists have been introduced, let's get on with the show. As we have done in the last three episodes, we'll be going through each bracket one at a time, dissecting the dads as we go on until only one remains. Now that's enough stalling. Let's get on with our first contest. It is going to be Alan Matthews from Boy Meets World going up against Al Bundy from Married with Children. Who wants to get us started? Oh, Don't yeah, I'll jump, jump in. I'll jump in on this. <laughs> that was crickets. No, it's fine. I got this. So while Alan Matthews did do a hell of a job with uh, Corey and whatever that other brother's name was, um, the fact that, you know, he mentored Corey through all that Topanga stuff and all that mess, he did not have to deal with the real life that Al Bundy dealt with. So while we look at Americana dads, we can look at, you know, old Mr. Matthews and think that he did a fantastic job. I don't remember too many challenges. Even Corey's best friend was uh, he was a shenaniganster, but uh, not nearly to the likes of what Al Bundy had to deal with, with uh, Christina Applegate and whatever that character's name was. So uh, neither watching neither of the shows way too much, especially Married with Children. I'm going to go ahead with Al Bundy because that man dealt with real life challenges. And I don't remember any of his children having illegitimate children in high school. Therefore, he kept them off the pole. That's the job of a father. He won. If anybody knows, it's wow. my brother. <laughs> uh, Dave, um, what do you think? I mean, I got to say, at, at first glance, I was going to say this was uh, Mr. Matthews to take. Um, but as uh, as pointed out there, um, he didn't really have huge, huge challenges. And it could easily be argued that Mr. Feeney was actually a better father figure to Corey than his own dad was. Um, I don't know. I just, <laughs> um, I just 
you know, Al Bundy, he's a little crass, he's a little crude, um, but, you know, he wasn't, he's not a bad dad at all. He he takes care of his family, he does what he needs to do. Um, so I, I think, like I said, at first glance, I was I was putting Al da- out for Mr. Matthews, but I think I got to go with Al Bundy on this as well. I know, oh, shocked myself. Those are both. Those are both really interesting perspectives, and the fact that the uh, JJ just talked you into that, Dave. I'm a big fan of that, which is why I wanted him on the show. I'm a recruiter. Let's do this. That's right. That's what I do for a living. But I, I think if you guys remember, I don't ever remember Al Bundy's wife, out of spite, buying a sporting goods store. I'm just saying. You know, Al Bundy at one point had to go run a sporting goods store. He might not have had real life challenges, but he, he, your wife did not spite by a, a recreational facility. She spot, spite um, bought a lot, though, I feel like. <laughs> probably not. true. I, uh, Could you imagine dealing with Peg? I wish, he dealt with Peg for yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I also agree with you uh, in terms of, and I wanted to go first, but I wanted to see what you were going to say, because that, again, this just makes my night listening to JJ. <laughs> And and Dave, you know, think. not no, no, no it's fine. I, uh, but it's but I, I do believe I do believe out of these two groups, Alan Matthews had like the white collar, like easy easy run of things, and Al, you know Al Bundy really did have kind of the, the can kicker uh, a job for that. And and again, Christina Applegate, that you know, he had to work with her every day. That wasn't tough, right? <laughs> so I also um, I'd push uh, Al Bundy through as well. All right, wow. before I reach my final decision, which I, I never go against three panelists, all three, if all three of you agree, <laughs> I, I never go against Except. it. But as far as white collar, you call the manager of a supermarket in the early seasons of Boy Meets World white collar? Come Over on, a shoe store? Man. Dude, a shoe store in the Over mall. a shoe store? Dude, it's the same It's the same damn thing. No, disagree. That's trash. All right. All right so say they, have, say right. they both have the same trash jobs. Look at their children. Yeah. Look at their wives. Correct. I will take yeah. whatever Corey's mother's name was, plus the panga and that whole thing going on, well over peg. I mean, I would take Christina Applegate. Let's not get crazy. However, for the show's sake, no, you pick the easier life. If you're going to have crap jobs, Maybe we don't compare jobs and maybe white calls the wrong term, but Corey never brought home the same kind of problems that, that, that yeah. uh, Al Bundy's kids brought home. Even his like really troubled friend was still pretty, uh, pretty tame. on the up and up. Pretty tame. Oh, Sean, Sean was really tame. The most yeah. thing that happened was he slept on his couch. And again, had Mr. Feeney, like Dave said, yeah. who was primarily the father figure in the show. We saw Mr. Matthews yeah, every third argue. episode. Mr. Feeney was there, tried and true, every damn time. Yeah. You can't argue with logic, Rob. <laughs> and I just gave it to you. I don't think there's a, any type of way to argue against that kind of you logic. Can't. And like I said, while I, I, Alan Matthews is probably one of my favorite TV dads of all time, I will not go against <laughs> – I will not go against when the panel is united. Al Bundy moves on to the next round. Yes. <laughs> All right. Up next, we got Carl Winslow from Family Matters going up against Jason Seaver from Growing Pains. We were going to argue this? Yeah, we're going to argue this. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe not. Might be another Bundy situation. (laughs) I think we've all been texting each other. We're going to make this a quick episode just like you liked. We were going to do that. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm going to be really, really honest. I don't remember that much of Growing Pains. Um, and Family Matters was so my jam. I watched that religiously. Um, so I mean, based purely on that, um, I go uh, Carl Winslow. Like that's just <laughs> I I love that character to death. Um, he was my pick at the end of my first guest shot when you asked who's your favorite TV dad. It was Carl Winslow. So I mean, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I said pretty much everything I. I need to say in that podcast. So go ahead and take a listen to that episode called Raising a Warrior. I can ask you a question. Go listen to that. Just to bring in some of the last conversation into this one. uh, Does anyone know what the hell Mr. Siebert did? Was that ever really known? He was a psychiatrist. Damn it, Garrett. 
<laughs> Sorry. Thanks. All right. So was Fraser Cranes, and nobody would argue that he had a he had a shit, <laughs> tough job. <laughs> yeah. His wife was a, a reporter, though. Say that again. Jason Seaver's wife was a reporter. Mm. That's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> See, I, and that's the thing. That's I don't I know if any of us know enough about Jason Seaver. He wasn't. He was a a non-impact almost on the show. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> that and can we just bring it up that old Mister Winslow was a cop, tried and true in Chicago of all places. I mean, that guy came home every single night after dealing with what he had to deal with. That alone, father of the year, raised good kids, yeah. dealt with that pain in the ass circle. I'm telling you right now, that alone yeah. gets that man something. And if it's not a W here, I don't know what to do. And if you're going to rob this man of that W, I don't want to be part of this. Garrett? Well, I'm. you don't got to convince me, man. Seaver had four kids, and I don't even know what he did to help them other than listen to their problems. But he got paid for that, you know, so uh, – I'm going Carl Winslow for the dub because I don't want to piss off JJ. Hope I'm back for the final four. Boys. This just <laughs> this just might this just might be the quickest episode of the podcast in history, and I'm quite all right with that. Well, Carl Winslow. Just had a bad draw. If it's, if it's that quick and that easy, I think we got to get into uh, some Garrett life. I haven't talked to this guy in a long time. You know, I haven't talked to Dave ever. Good to meet you. <laughs> Garrett, what's going on in your life, buddy? How you been? All right, guys, let's let's save that for after the podcast yep. because I I really just want to go to bed. No, I'm taking <laughs> so yes, yes, toast, yes, toast. <laughs> All right, next up we have Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement going up against Philip Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, you're well, not going to say crowd favorite Philip Banks. Dude, he I've had a lot of people who have been looking over this think Philip Banks is taking it all the way. So I see this is a trash list. I think we needed to uh, expand this out beyond the eighties and nineties and you know, really get into some hardcore, you know, crackhead dads. Like some people that really deal with some <laughs> shit. Overcoming personal demons and raising a family. I don't see any fathers here. <laughs> all right. Well let's let's get into it then, JJ. It's put into brackets. It's the 80s and 90s. It's the 60s and 70s. It's the 2000s mm. and sci-fi and cartoons. If you don't sci-fi like it, cartoons? you know what? Sci-fi and cartoons. I like this two months ago when you told me about it. Well, if you actually listen to the podcast, uh, you know. That's you a good go point. With, <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to start. You said Tim Taylor versus Philip yeah. Banks. Philip Banks. I'll go ahead and start. I thought that was nice. Uh, while Were I, you done with that one? Oh. I do agree uh, from the last podcast with everyone's opinion of uh, Philip Banks um, and the fact that he, he was, um, you know, he took in somebody else's kid and raised him like his own, taught him the lessons you got to teach a kid. Um, I, I would not go against um, putting him through, but Tim Taylor, man, he's like the American dad, like all American dad. And again, maybe that's too easy. Maybe his kids didn't bring home enough problems and maybe his wife was too cookie cutter. Uh, But the dude's a total like jokester. He gets in there, he raises his kids, he does his job, he comes home. You know, I I I want to kind of hear what you guys have to say about these two, but that one for me is a toss-up because I think as far as what the dad's concerned, the level of um intelligence and information they provided to the kids that they're raising, uh yeah, you know, Philip Banks was more popular. Let's just say that. All right. All right, Jay. So, Philip Banks, Tim Taylor, what do you think? All right. So, Philip Banks rant. Again, Philip Banks, great dad. You know, he took in someone else's kid. It was a challenge. Uh, rough kid from, you know, Philadelphia playing on the uh, b ball courts and everything else. However, you also have to remember that uh, what do you do? He was a lawyer, right? Yep. yep. Then, uh, so, so a lawyer. So Laura and the two kids, or no, three kids beside that, Carlton and the two daughters, right? Four. Hmm. They, had fourth, well. they had a okay. fourth in the later seasons. Okay, gotcha. Oh, the later seasons. So, but initially, and I get it, we're taking the totality of what happened. And again, Philip Banks, great father. I think everyone that you know said hi, great things about him. 
I can appreciate. But how much fathering did he really do? I mean, when you're talking about when we look into especially like the last round and we start talking about, you know, we're just listening. What did you really do as a dad? And when you have maids, you have butlers, you have everything else. Now, again, the kids were really well behaved, especially when you're looking at Carlton, you know, the oldest. I mean, I think the guy got pretty lucky. The challenging part of his life in the show was when uh, Will came in and I can get that can be a challenge. However, when we go on the other side and start looking at Tim, the tool man, Taylor, uh, self-made, I think that's pretty impressive by having his own TV show, being a blue collar guy. I think also, uh, you know, dealing with Heidi wasn't the most difficult thing in the world. But, you know, he had three rambunctious little boys. Plus, I believe he lived in Michigan. And if that's not hard enough to get over, then I'm not sure what else is. So dealing with the fact that he raised three, three boys. And again, I'm going to say no one got pregnant in high school. I think that's the old check mark. I think that helps. Uh, he didn't have the help of a nanny. He didn't have the help of millions of dollars. He didn't have butlers. And he still now Wilson played a big, big part in the show. And Wilson was always there for fatherly advice. But uh, Tim really stepped it up. And for this one, uh, I know it's going to be the unpopular opinion, but I think uh, taking the advantage away of money and wealth and just being able to provide and having other people being involved. I think Tim and his wife, Jill, did an amazing job. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, toss the old nod to the tool man. All right. It's one All for right. the tool man, Dave. Well, I offer a dissenting point of view. Um, what you said is all true about Tim Taylor. I think he was a great dad and, and, and um, he did, uh, you know, take his tool company, turn it into a TV show. How, you know, um, but Philip Banks, when, when you ask how much fathering did he do, I, I point you to, um, it's a pretty popular clip of of uh fresh prince where uh will's real dad tries to come back into his life and uh there's a hugely emotional moment where he's like how come he don't want me and if philip banks isn't doing some fathering right there like consoling will and talking to will and tell him, hey you know this this is not you this is him this is, this is him you are not a bad person like I don't, I don't know what fathering is if it's not that um, I think if you go back and watch both shows, it's a matter of honestly, Tim and Philip Banks both had lots of fathering moments throughout that entire run of both absolutely. of these shows. Uh, I think Tim had things slightly challenging just because he raised three sons with three incredibly different personalities. Whereas the oldest was more of like the high school sports star and this, that, and the other. Then you have the middle son who winds up turning into like a, uh, what he goes off to like Costa Rica or something like that. And is building houses for people. And then his youngest son was the goth kid, uh, or turned into the goth kid. I mean, that's got to be really challenging, especially for a father figure and not having the uh, the help of millions of dollars, even though I'm sure being a TV personality and being the basically face for a tool company that was nationally recognized, I, I don't think they were hurting, especially considering the amount of cars that he would buy and put back together. Um Philip Banks, there's so many examples of him being a father throughout that entire run, even with having the butler, even with having uh, Jeffrey there. Um, I, I mean, this is honestly probably the hardest one to decide in any yeah. of the opening round brackets. So, Rob, are you saying that perhaps a tiebreaker could be the fact that Tim the Toolman Taylor raised a Christ-loving missionary? Missionary. That's the word I'm looking for here. I, I, I mean, again, you're talking about three different personalities and you're talking about how to balance all those individuals and then dealing with that. I think that's a, I think it's a hell of a thing. Dave, are you, are you a little sad that your, your one story might not trump that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, <laughs> this, this man is good at, uh, Rob, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> 
Um, I got to be honest. Philip Banks was the clear-cut winner uh, when I went through the entire bracket and through the final four. What, what's your I reason? Had, huh? No, I just wanted to hear the reasoning for it. No, after watching, because I've literally been watching YouTube clips for the last two months. It's how I've tracked you down work. the dads and how I made the brackets and how, dude, I put work into this. All right. Two months of you work besides this. <laughs> <laughs> two months of YouTube clips? That's impressive, so, dude, I I was I, I was out of work for a month in the in the preview show. In the preview show, you're one of my kids. I would have taken your phone away. That's way too much YouTube. <laughs> in the preview show, JJ, the same story came up. You know, Philip Banks goes to bat for Will, and I I pre- I can appreciate that. It's amazing, and that particular clip is unbelievable. Got it. I'm, I'm sure it is, but as a father, wouldn't any one of us do that? Is that a job? Like, is and, that, are we giving that much credit for one particular episode to where it's like you're comforting the child that you've taken in that you're treating as a son? Right. I, it's sudden, not just the one episode. You, it's not just the one episode. Well, I get that. It's just the biggest example. That's that the, that, that is the that is yeah. most poignant moment we're speaking yeah. of. Right. I mean, I've when watching, I think there's one episode where uh, Carlton and Will were driving the car of one of Philip's law partners and they got arrested. They got arrested and just having to deal with that. And then addressing that to his son who grew up with privilege and didn't understand what this was happening and just accepted like, Oh, it's a cop. I should be friendly. I should do this. But the cop saw nothing but the color of his skin. So the fact that he had to then let his son tell his son that, you know what, this is what's going to happen to you. It doesn't matter how much money you have. There's still this possibility out there for you. The fact that he had to make his son realize that, I mean, that's also a challenge. And that happens throughout the entire run. So, yeah, they have privilege. Yeah, they have wealth. Yeah, they have this, they have that. But at the same time, they're still at, I don't want to say a disadvantage based on race, but at the same time, I mean, they have to confront some of these things and these challenges that do pop up. And, and that's the one thing. It's like know before everything was popular or yeah. not popular to confront, but while it was mainstream to where it's very easy to confront, I would say. Television-wise, yes. yeah, I, I, I agree. So so uh, this is honestly – this is a challenge. I, I, I don't uh, – It's a really shit. tough matchup. I'm, I'm this really is. Man. I'm still with Toolman just because – I think there was more day-to-day parenting involved. I think there are several episodes and great poignant moments, things in the script where they challenge what was social norms back in the day. Just but on a day-to-day fatherly basis, I think Tim had it tougher and still raised three phenomenal children. Garrett, you have not voted yet. I have not voted yet. I have, <laughs> I have heard all of the arguments though. And, um, I, I do. I, I think on a day-to-day basis, um, and not just that. So you've got to take the resources away. You have to. You you can't look at those two dads and say they did the same job and went to bat every day for their kids on the same level because they didn't. Philip Banks spoiled every one of his kids, including his nephew. That's yeah, true. They, on the side. They, were, they were spoiled. So there had to be those moments that created some chaos. Otherwise, the show would have been real boring. Here's a brand new car. Here's a brand new watch. Here are some brand new shoes. I wouldn't watch that. You get pulled over by the cops. You got to have a real conversation about the color of your skin. I might watch that. You know, um, if I'm nodding, I'm giving Tim Taylor the nod. There we go. I hate to do this, and this is going to bust a lot of brackets, but Tim Taylor moves on to the next round. Yes, no, it's 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 fair. Like it's, um, I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> Dave, you're you're a good man, Dave. No, I, no, I, I, I get it. It, it could have went the other way, and I would have accepted it because, again, watching the show, yeah. phenomenal father, the way he handled adversity in some situations. I just think when you make everything even, one person. That's the whole point of the bracket challenge is to listen to the arguments and then make the final decision. Because as much as I – like I've had every single one of my brackets so far busted except for <laughs> – uh, the 2000s. I had Jack Pearson going, and I 
figured oh, it out because solid, it's, yeah. this is us. I mean, it, he went in there, he saved his dog, and he died so he could save his dog. So you know what? Fuck it. Okay. Beat that for um, Yeah, no <laughs> joke. Um, so yeah, Tim Taylor moves on to the next round. Uh, finishing out the first round here is Danny Tanner from Full House going up against Dan Connor from Roseanne. Go ahead, JJ. I see you. I see the wheels turning. <laughs> no, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. My wife's All in the right, background. We'll, she's we'll, casting we'll her give, I know where she's going with this. We'll give JJ a second to think. I'll start off again if that's okay, Dave. No, yeah, go ahead. I don't uh, again, I've, ta- I've spoke on this a couple times. If you're just looking at the amount of hardship, uh, you know, Danny Tanner loses his wife and has to raise three kids. You know, he has to raise those three kids. Uh, and in addition to helping out his brother and friend who are basically children themselves. Uh, and I think I made a similar comment in the preview show. Um, but Dan Connor his lessons that he was doling out were real tough. Again, you know, Danny Tanner's family lives in San Francisco. They're not hurting for anything. Dan Connor's making it day to day uh, with what, like a closet business or something. Uh, you know, I don't know what he does. I don't even know uh, what he did, to be honest. That's... I'm pretty sure he ran like a closet install company. I didn't watch a ton of Roseanne, to be fair. Oh, man. Um, but, you know, his reality, we've gone back and forth about, kids and this and that and and how challenging it was to raise the kids i think if you're looking at the the comparison of who had to father more and who was prepared more i think dan connor was definitely prepared more than danny tanner was danny tanner went through worse situation to get into that environment but i don't think um that his job was as tough and i don't think he did as good of a job uh with the kids that the, the like i said the advice that dan connor was putting out was about real world situation real life stuff that his kids were just going through uh you know danny tanner had to break up some girl fights and make sure they were okay getting the sleepovers and, and school um i'm giving that nod to dan connor dave um, yeah, so I was just uh, taking a check there, and it, it appears as though Dan Connors had several different jobs throughout the show. Um, so, you know, something that he had to, to struggle through and apparently kept trying to uh, nail down getting, getting a job that he could have to provide for the family and doing whatever it took, you know, regardless of five, six, seven different jobs, just whatever it took to get his family through. Um, Danny Tanner, um, for, for my money was a little, uh, I think the word I want to say is neurotic <laughs> for, for like, he wasn't, let, let me be perfectly clear. He was in by no means a poor dad or like not, not doing a great job as a dad. He was, um, but you know, we're looking at their whole, their life as a whole and, you know, challenges they had to overcome, and I just think Dan Connor ha- had a tougher time and did a better job through that tougher time than uh, Danny Tanner. So I-, I think I have to agree with uh, Garrett there and-, and give the nod to Dan Connor. Uh, it's it's close. It's closer than I'm making it sound, but I, I do think Dan Connor takes this. All right, Jay. I mean. I want to be a recruiter right now and just a salesman and devil's advocate and just go the other way because I think it'd be fun for argument's sake. And we can do that just for the podcast. But uh, no, I would go with Dan Connor just because, again, you're dealing with real world shit on an everyday basis. He, in fact, did not keep his daughter from not getting pregnant. So, I mean, Sorry. anything <laughs> you got to throw the X up there on that one compared to all the other dads we've talked about, you know, while she never got on the pole, I don't think so, uh, she did get pregnant. So, you know, just from all my other arguments. But I think when we get into the Danny Tanner situation, I think uh, that's challenging. Uh, you know, while Connor did deal with a lot more real-life situations and that show was a lot more raw, I think when we get into the Danny Tanner situation of losing a spouse, which, correct me, uh, none of the other, at least in this episode, no other father has had to deal with that particular issue. Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, just not in this episode. No. 
Yeah, yeah, not in this episode. So when we start looking at the fact that, okay, uh, you did lose uh, the most important person in your life, and now you are raising daughters, and you're trying to do all of these incredible things, and then you do take in two lunatic brothers who are wholesome, I won't say wholesomely, just wholly not responsible individuals who you could now there are moments within the shows where they truly step up and they are helping and they are there and they are there to help raise those girls. But there's never a moment that I can really recall in the show to where I think Tanner can completely and always know that he can rely on the other people he is allowing to live in his house. I don't think they paid rent either to ensure that his daughters were 100% always taken care of. So we have someone who's playing in some bars and, you know, playing some restaurants. we got a comedian or whatever Dave Coolio's job was in that particular show. And so you have Dave at that point, as we've talked about with Philip Banks, you know, kind of stepping up and taking in Will. Now we're looking at Tanner stepping up and taking in not only his brother Jesse and his wife, but then also the other brother. So now you're bringing in three additional people that you are helping kind of mentor through life. And now you're also taking in three daughters and an annoying ass Kimberly or whatever the uh, neighbor, the uh, neighbor girl was. Oh, God. I mean, I forgot when about you her. really start looking into the totality, I think of what Tanner did comparative to Connor I think Tanner might actually get the edge here. And I didn't think I'd be saying that when I got through with this because again, argument's sake, but when you really look at the whole picture, and I think that's what sometimes we fail to do is look at the entire picture and really see what someone does 100% wholeheartedly and completely. Tanner ensured that all three of his daughters were taken care of. He took care of the neighbor at points, you know, making sure that Kimberly was taken care of. He made sure that Jesse and his wife had a place to live where I believe they started raising their first child, if I'm not wrong. The twins, twins, yep. Twins. And then, so, okay, throw on two more kids on top of that. So now we got five. And now you're also looking at the other brother who seems to be pretty lost throughout the entirety of the show. And there's always shenanigans. There's always hijinks and everything else like that. But he managed to keep that entire house together through his just sensible acts, sensible logic, and making sure that he kept his children in a very grounded space. And Connor didn't necessarily do that with the whole groundedness. The kids did have more, you know, while he had to deal out more day-to-day advice, he had to deal out more real life situations. It's because he didn't prevent them to begin with. Tanner never had to do that due to solid parenting and fathering, which meant he made sure that everyone was taken care of from the ground level coming up. I'm going to go with Tanner on this. The only way I agree with you is if you can tell me that Danny Tanner lost Roseanne as his counterpart, because he didn't. And Dan Connor had to deal with that on a daily basis. <laughs> now, I didn't go there for one reason. If I was going the other way, if you two had went Tanner, I'd be bringing up Roseanne. The fact that he <laughs> on a daily basis. So again, that was a troubled household. But then again, Dan chose to marry her. It's not well, like we made that choice I mean, for him. He made that choice, and then he dealt with the consequences the best that he could, and they did not parent well enough together, and he did not have a father, a strong fatherly household to ensure that his kids did not get into trouble, whereas Tanner had to deal with losing his wife, bringing in all these other people to his house, making sure that everyone was provided for while having a good career, and never once letting his children stumble to the point that Connor did. When you, start really about, when you start talking about what a father does and the way they're supposed to guide their children to be successful in life, I think there's only one way we can go on this one, boys. I'm not going to lie. That was, that was one compelling. of the most compelling. That was yeah. like one of the most compelling arguments I've ever heard. He, he's on this got show. me wanting to argue for, for Danny Tanner now. <laughs> if you don't go with Danny Tanner now, you look like a dick. I'm just saying I'm changing my vote. <laughs> I mean, I like, just the 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 uh, the fact that you know he had uh, his his brothers there, you know, and like he said, they they were just big kids too. Like he had to all parent right, all of them. Let's, <laughs> let's get one. Let's get two things. One, uh, Dave Coulier's character was his best friend, and was actually when uh, they based the character 
off of Dave Coulier's actual career because for about three years, Dave Coulier slept on Bob Saget's couch. And two, uh, John Stamos's character was his brother-in-law. Right. So just uh, – He's talking his brother-in-law? That's his entertainment. <laughs> oh, no. That, like at this point yeah. – JJ. There's one way to vote, boys. One way. Dave, where are you voting? Come Danny to the Tanner side. wins this round. Danny Tanner no, wins. I, was, say, I don't even need to change my vote because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Danny We're Tanner there. wins. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Starting off the next round, we have Carl Winslow going up against Al Bundy. What do you think, Dave? All right. So I think I have to uh, stick with my 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 personal choice, uh, Carl Winslow. Um. Like, I, I surprised myself picking Al Bundy, to be honest, even over Al, Alan Matthews. Um, because when I first thought about it, I was thinking, yeah, you know, he was, he, he was, a, he was a good dad, but, you know, he, he yelled at his, I don't know, I don't know, yelled at his kids, but, you know, he, he wasn't the paragon of, of virtue that a lot of uh, these other dads tend to uh, be portrayed as. Um, so he was a little more realistic, I think, in that in that sense. But um, but I mean, Carl Winslow, you know, out there doing a cop's job in Chicago as a black man in the '90s, like he had to, everything that we've said these other dads have had to deal with. Carl Winslow had dealt with and more, and still raised fantastic kids. And uh, so I just I think that. Carl Winslow has to uh, has to move on on this. Also, take into account that he took in his sister in law and her son in the early seasons of Family Matters as yeah, well. Yeah. Bring bring bringing back the the Danny Tanner argument. <laughs> Taking the family in, Garrett. Yeah, I don't think a lot has to be said. I mean, a lot of the arguments that we made in the first round carry over, uh, and you know piggybacking off of what Dave said. Um, I can't argue against Carl Winslow. I don't want to argue against Carl Winslow. I think hands down, he beats out Bundy. Um, JJ's probably going to jump on and tell us why that's not true. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going, with, I'm going with Carl Winslow. All right. Jay. I feel like maybe you guys are now waiting for me just to convince you because you want to hear it. You just want to hear it. You want me on the other side of the argument. You need me on the other side of the argument. I'm going to go with Carl Winslow. Uh, like I just think there's no way to argue against someone uh, when you look at, especially when we bring in uh, jobs and career fields and what the father has to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And you see someone like Mr. Winslow, uh, what he dealt with, and still to come home, taking in people into his home, uh, again dealing with Merkel on a daily basis is enough of a challenge. I think maybe to carry your home. Uh, but I think just raising that amazing of a family every single day while seeing what you see from a nine to five or whatever the shift is, I'd love to try and just argue to argument's sake, but I can't. It's one. <laughs> Well, Carl Winslow moves on. That was easy. We got Tim Taylor against Danny Tanner. Who's up? I mean, I, I don't, I don't agree with this because I voted for the other two guys on both of them. So, <laughs> JJ, why don't you go ahead and start us off? You know, Garrett, I was about, I was about to ask you if you had thoughts. <laughs> Uh, why don't Rob? Can we try something a little bit different on this round, and maybe we'll then we'll let you make a choice. Okay. Why don't instead of arguing against someone, perhaps, or you know, really going, what if we all just made a case, uh, one at a time for each of the individuals? We we'll start off with one. We each make a case, and then at least we're saying positive things about both, and then we'll kind of leave it to the totality of. Arguments? I don't know because I think both these guys are fantastic. Shoot, go ahead. Who are we start with? Moderator. Well, since you came up with the idea, sir, it's all you. I already forgot who the fathers were. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tim the Toolman Taylor. Okay. Danny. T- so we got Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> Where do you want to go? You tell me. Which way am I going? Start walking, JJ. We'll follow. Walk straight to bed, honey. Just give me a chance. Oh, God. Tim Taylor. Let's do it. All right. So Tim Taylor. Oh, Timmy Tim, Timmy Tim, Timmy Tim. Timmy, Timmy. So I think, again, Tim Taylor, uh, while he benefited from the advice of Wilson uh, per the Matthews argument with Feeney, uh, he's just there all the time. Whether the kids were in high times uh, playing soccer and celebrating great things, he was there as a good father taking time away from the show and making sure that he was there whether it was the rougher times, whether it was dealing with a child going overseas, uh, having a child, I, I could say, I would say act out a little bit with the whole goth thing, uh, you know, just kind of going in a different direction. And then the sports star, the missionary, just dealing with a completely separate set of issues. He was always there and always also, I think, which is something that I don't think we've heard much uh, in this podcast so far. Uh, being a loving father, I think that takes a lot into fatherhood, is being a good husband, uh, you know, or be, being a loving husband. Uh, I, I don't think we've talked much about that because I believe uh, the foundation of a marriage needs to be a husband and wife, you know, and, and, and if that falls apart, I don't think that you can properly raise your children or be a good role model or example. Because without putting a husband and wife first, then you kind of fall. And there's a lot of things that can happen when you don't have that strong thing at the top. Uh, so by the way that Tim the Toolman Taylor ensured that his wife was always loved, and the fact that his wife, while there were fights, as any marriage will have, uh, they were always together, and they always moved forward together, and he always made sure that she was at the top of his life which made him become a better father, I think that just gives him a really positive edge because he just held all of these pillars together. You know, he made sure that the family was strong. He made sure his marriage was strong. He made sure the work was strong. He took care of his wife. He took care of his kids. And because of his strong work in his livelihood, he was able to ensure the entire household really stood together. That would be my argument for him. Dave? Uh, well, I, I don't think I can say too much more about Tim Taylor that wasn't just said. <laughs> um, I could uh, I could start listing some of the things about Danny Tanner, though, that I, that I, uh, are some good positives. Um, you know, holding holding the family together and, and showing love. You know, Danny Tanner did that absolutely on a daily basis. There there was no doubt in anyone's mind in that house that Danny loved every single one of them, even the annoying neighbor. <laughs> like there was no doubt whatsoever. Um and just the the you know, pretty much I don't know, like cuz all these all these things have been said and it it feels a bit like beating a dead horse, but it's it's just the the loving good dad good lessons making sure everybody's provided for you know Danny Tanner was was all over it and you know the added challenge of a, <laughs> a literal full house <laughs> you know it's there's not much more I can say on that Garrett yeah, I mean, um, I liked JJ's original idea of like laying out the pros and this the pros, uh, but we've like Dave said, we've kind of beat that to death at this point. Um, I do agree uh, with um, JJ's analysis of uh, the the relationship at being important to the family and, and causing the dad to be a good dad, um, but I'm definitely not on board with saying that he's going through. I think Danny Tanner for me edges that category simply because uh, of what he went through. And again, turned out 
the kids the way he turned out uh, with arguably less of a foundation, which was not of his own doing. Uh, so it wasn't his fault. Yeah, it wasn't a car accident. Yeah. So um, I'm not trying to make the decision for you, but I, I, and I'm not trying to go against JJ, of course, but I do, <laughs> I would vote for Danny Tanner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was going on the original premise of making positive statements about <laughs> Yeah, I got off that. Me and Dave killed that. You're doing something. It won't be tolerated. Well, since JJ, you're the only one that hasn't said anything positive about Danny Tanner yet this round. Please feel free. <laughs> oh, this round. Well, I mean, all I can say now is positive things about him. I mean, again, I'll be going back to the argument of this goes back to now we're going back to the let's compare the two for the argument's sake of this. I was saying let's make positive arguments about everyone, and then the moderator decides that's been hijacked. It does appear it that way, yes. Yes. It it is. Is. yes. Yeah. So you guys are tired of being beat, so we're going to go there. Like, okay, I get it. <laughs> shenanigans, shenanigans aside, I think JJ does make a very strong argument for Tim Taylor and the positiveness of him being that loving husband and that being a foundation of being a good father and demonstrating that part of being a man is being true, faithful, and loving to your wife. How did you expect to see, how did you expect to see Danny Tanner do that? Uh, can I just talk Garrett? Seriously. Can I, can yeah, do, go for it. thank you. Cause <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, I feel like, Danny, they were both are more on equal footing on as far as resources, as far as um, everything that they had. But I felt like Danny, considering the fact that he was raising three daughters, which I feel would probably be a very big challenge, not, not having any daughters of my own, but JJ has, well, JJ has three daughters and one son um he would probably know this better than most i i feel like that is a very stiff challenge to go about especially the fact that you're a single father and then having the hijinks and shenanigans of your brother-in-law and your best friend living with you at the same time i feel like he had to do more with less and as much as i respect tim the Toolman taylor and everything he did I have not had my chance to make that rebuttal. I only made a positive argument in one in one way because that's the way this round was described. Well, technically, you're the one who wanted to do it that way. Everyone else just kind of went sideways. You can't make a decision with that. All right, all right, go the other way. Continue. I think when you start looking at it and all the things, again, you're making great points. He had to deal with hijinks. He had to deal with the brother-in-law. He had to deal with the best friend. He had to deal with all that. But again, you also have to look at the fact that he hadn't, while there were hijinks, go back and look at the episodes. You've looked at the clips. How many times was Jesse there for the girls? How many times was Dave Poulet, the best friend, there for the girls? He had an entire support system. He never had to worry about daycare. He never had. To, he would go off to work being the television's uh, morning, good morning guy, right, in San Francisco, right? So he had all these things, and he had a support system to rely on. Because well, the one thing we've never talked about so far is Jesse's wife. And she has been a rock throughout the entire show. At no point did she create the hijinks. She was a steady, calming factor at the home. And while Jill also did this, Jill also worked, and Jill also did things, and they had to deal with a lot of things. So I start thinking when we go back to, we're talking about foundations, and we're talking about, you know, Danny had to deal with bringing all the people in the house and having to deal with all these things. Yes, he also had a very large support system, which I think helped. When we go back to what Tim dealt with, 
I think we have to focus on what makes a great father, and that is the basic foundation of a man and a wife and the marriage and how he kept that together. And a husband or a father's number one responsibility should be making sure that the foundation is strong. So therefore it can build down and everything can be safe and everything can grow from that. And while Danny didn't necessarily get that opportunity, he did a fantastic job. I've argued for this guy. I'm not taking anything away from him. I just think when we start looking at the totality of what happened throughout the entire seasons of everything, I think there was less strife in Tim the Toolman Taylor's household than there was necessarily in Tanner's household. And that's because there was a more of a constant father figure who was always there while Danny, having a career, had to rely on others, and which he needed to, and nothing was taken away from that. When we start talking about what's really making a great father, we have someone who's always there while working, doing everything. He had the advantage of having a living wife. I get that. Danny had the advantage of three other adults in the house, one of which was Jesse's wife, who was a constant. So at that point, where do we give the nod to? And where does it kind of lean to based on how do we build a foundation of a home, which leads to being a great father? Rebuttal. I... <laughs> You've rendered Dave and Garrett silent. <laughs> no, I just figured out already 30 minutes ago there was no point arguing with JJ. Uh, I'm happy to do it, though. Um, he makes a great point about having three other adults in the household to help. You know, some of the burden was off of off of him for that. I'm leaving it up to you. I'm not voting on this one. I already made my vote and have had my arguments and discussions. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a, that one point there is, is very valid. There's there's four adults in the house versus two uh, raising three kids. Three girls versus three boys. Everything else is cut and dry. It's pretty, pretty similar. So uh, I'll leave it to you, Rob. You're the decision, man. I'm not changing my opinion. Just letting you do it. <laughs> this is hard. I'm not going to lie. I, I had a feeling the 80s and 90s were probably going to be the hardest one to do. And I did not realize just how hard this bottom bracket was. Oh, good night. Um... Wow. Okay. So after listening to everybody weighing everything you guys have to say, and damn it. Um, you know what? I hate my brother because he's damn too persuasive. Tim Taylor moves on. I don't know how the hell this happened, but it did. <laughs> I told you bringing him on the show was a good idea. A good idea or a bad idea? Because <laughs> he's hijacked the show. Good. <laughs> good idea. I bet I can get him to win around. Good idea. All right, guys. This is it. The final round. Whoever wins this joins Bob Belcher, Howard Cunningham, and Jack Pearson in the final four. Carl Winslow versus Tim the Toolman Taylor. Who wants to start? Oh, JJ can't even argue this one. He said having the job of a cop was the hardest thing ever, and that should win. He's going to tell you otherwise in a few minutes. However, if you go back, run the tape back, and listen to what he said, he's going to have to vote for Carl Winslow. He can't go against himself in this episode. And also, preposterous, but I have a feeling he will try. Of course I can. Based on everything, based on everything that we've just heard, I'm voting Tim the Toolman Taylor. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, Garrett, you're voting wait. for Tim the Toolman okay. Taylor. So hold on, <laughs> you absolutely. You want to talk about a strong foundation, <laughs> all right? And JJ a, and, a, and a home life and a and a setting everybody up for success while doing a very difficult job. You cannot get any better than Carl Winslow. Also, you got to look at it. He had Al. He had Wilson. Who did Carl have? Uh huh. 
He had so, a very strong exactly. real life. He had a very out strong that foundation. So did Tim. <laughs> he didn't have a helpful neighbor. <laughs> that, he had an annoying that made things worse. <laughs> who he raised because his parents never. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. So let's hear it, JJ. <laughs> let's <laughs> now. Oh, it's just been a while since I've seen this show. Wasn't there a grandmother living in the house with the winter? Early on, there was it the whole series? I don't remember. There was at one point, at least, if not the whole series. Yes. Moderator, can you confirm whether the grandmother was living with them the entire show? Thank you. One minute. One minute. All that would do is level the plane, so it's fine. I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> I hate the fact that you're like, no, I can't argue the other way. Garrett, you did that on purpose, you jackass. Welcome to the tomfoolery. <laughs> Estelle Winslow was in 159 episodes. And she was gone at the end of the series for the last so two seasons. Almost the whole show. Very close to. Yeah. Almost. But you've also got to look that yeah. it was the end of her life. So how much help would she have actually been? I'm not saying help. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not where I'm going. I'm not going. What is more important than help? Family. Institutional knowledge. Wisdom. Where did Carl learn from? Dogs working. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be great. You can edit that out, right? <laughs> yep, this watch out, man. Jerks. <laughs> uh, we're getting rid of the dogs. No worries, you're fine. Oh, this point is nothing. All right, continue uh, with your argument. <laughs> I'm arguing with myself right now. <laughs> Again, this is where I think we get down to this point to where I think we should just make so many great points about the great people instead of trying to argue one against another. But we can't agree on that, can we, gentlemen? Just all the all Dave the great Garrett points have already been made. And it's tough. Yeah, sure. I agree. And I'm assuming Dave, you've been on the yeah. or at least listen to the podcast. We've heard the other ones. We made arguments for the other fathers. You've kind of been building and building and building on what's been going on. So I think when we get down to it, you have to look at you know Carl Winslow again, and I agree. Being a police officer, I think, is the hardest job that you can do. And I think coming home from that every day with the positive attitude, uh, I think in the show, uh, shows a real misconception about reality and about what he actually dealt with at work and how he actually came home. It's a sitcom. It's fantastic. So maybe we have to take that out at this point. Derek, this is how I argue against myself. So we're not actually going and seeing what Carl Winslow dealt with on a nine to five everyday basis and how he dealt with those traumatic experiences and all those hard issues and took them home. Because when he came home, he was a happy go lucky guy, right? Uh, except when that? Urkel came. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily was say happy go He was very angry. Like Dave said, Urkel. Oracle came to my house every day. I'm doing the same way. So, so I think I think that's difficult. I think having the advantage, and again, that's also you can go the other way with having you know the grandmother living in the house. Uh, you know, you have that institutional knowledge, you have that wisdom, you have that extra strength. I think any one of us that have children uh, can say something to their child. And we can take them around their grandmother or grandfather and have them say something and the child reacts differently. Okay. I'm going to stop real quick because there's a huge difference between having your mother living with you 
and having your mother-in-law living with you. True. I'll give you that. Now, so whether it be, same instance, is it the grandmother to the children? Can we agree on that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So when a grandmother says something to a child, do they react differently than what a mother says? I would argue wholeheartedly. I can tell a kid to stop. I can tell a kid to stop all day. Grandma grandpa says stop and give them a look. All of a sudden, that's gospel because they know maybe ice cream's at the end of it. Whatever it is, there is a lot more tooth at the end of that mouth than it is a parent. You know what I'm saying? Having that person in the house that can all of a sudden just say, hey, this is what we kind of want done. And they look at grandma differently. And you want to what? It's going to get done. Now, again, Rob, where you're coming from, I can see how it affects the wife or the husband's perspective by having the in-law in the house. I'm talking about how we're raising the children and how it helps. So I'm looking at the fact that we have a grandmother living in the house who is helping not maybe physically raising the children, but mentally raising the children. So, again, we look into that added level of, hey, how is this person going through a fist within the family dynamic. So if we're looking at a family dynamic and how it helps a father assist their children, one of them had it, one of them didn't. Tim the tool man didn't. And again, we're talking about a self-made man who opened up a tool company, became the face of a show, and raised three children of very different backgrounds, not backgrounds, but very different personalities. So when you look at only having mom or dad to listen to you versus a mom, dad, grandma in that house. Trust me, grandma's running that house. Okay. Grandma, when she says something, it's getting done. Grandma says, go to bed. You're going to bed. Grandma says, brush your teeth. You're brushing your teeth. Grandma says, Urkel, it's time to go. Urkel's leaving the damn house. So I really think when we look at it, and again, we talk about the family construct and the basic concept of the show of the father. There's one father left here in this round who we were talking about, who once again, outside of the neighbor, who lent fatherly advice, but there was one present person in that show every single episode lending advice and making sure that one person always and all the children and leading the family by showing the love of a marriage, building down to the children who was constantly always present Available and loving. And that's Tim the Toolman Teller. Before we move on, I would just like to say one thing. Tim did not start Binford Tools. Binford Tools was just the sponsor of his show. Fair enough. You win that one. Is that the one argument you have? No, that's just uh, a little bit of information uh, that's been thrown around a lot tonight, including by myself. I did not know. Uh, so I, I wanted to check on it. I just wanted to clarify that real quick before, because uh, he did not own the company itself. He had the television show and Binford Tools was the sponsor. So I think maybe later on he did become a a partner in the company, but uh, I don't know that 100% for sure. Any rebuttals? No. I mean, they, they both got Tim. I, I, I've, said, I've said all I can say. Garrett, any final words? No, I trust that you're going to make a good decision based off of the, the compelling arguments of, of – Dave, uh -huh. I got nothing. And JJ, who hasn't stopped talking yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm so just really excited that Philip Banks didn't make it out. <laughs> so about three hours ago, when I was doing my final preps and getting ready for the podcast and getting ready to get everything taken care of, I, I did not think I would be sitting here right now about to say these words. Somehow, some way, beyond all rational thought, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh my goodness! Is moving on to the final four. Dave, so I'm mad. truly sorry <laughs> for you, man. 
Uh, I guess. I, I know Paul was your he personal was boy. Uh, I'm honestly I'm sitting here and just trying stunned. to figure out how this happened. Thank you, JJ. And really, <laughs> Thank can, you, JJ. <laughs> it, it, it all came down to ah. the wild card for tonight. Uh, my brother, JJ, stepping in. So there we have it. This is probably the longest episode we've recorded um, so far for the pod- for the, the podcast for the bracket challenge. But we have our final four. Bob Belcher from Bob's Burgers representing sci-fi and cartoons. We have Howard Cunningham from Happy Days representing the 60s and 70s. Jack Pearson from This Is Us representing the 2000s. And finally, Tim the Toolman Taylor representing the 80s and 90s. I'd like to take a moment and say thank you to our panelists, uh, Mr. Dave Freeman, for this third or fourth appearance. I lost track, Dave. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Garrett Gregory uh, for once again stepping in and uh, helping us out. It's good to have you, Garrett. When you don't have and, kids, you have a lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, most of all, I'd like to thank my brother, JJ, who stepped in at the last minute uh, and filled in for us here today on the 80s and 90s bracket. And absolutely swayed the vote one way or the other, however the hell he wanted to. I'm not sure how much of what he actually believes in his arguments, but that's neither here nor there. Regardless, thanks, JJ. I appreciate you coming on. So there we have it. The final four has been determined. Tune in on April 5th, the same day as the NCAA tournament final. We will be releasing the final episode, the final four of our Greatest TV Dad Bracket Challenge, where Howard Cunningham will face off against Tim Taylor, and then Bob Belcher will face off against Jack Pearson. Who will walk away the greatest TV dad of all time? Until then. Bobby, say bye-bye. Bye-bye.